okay. Ella va a decir. All right, she's got that. Do you speak Spanish by chance? Un poquito. Oh, look un at poco. that. With a good accent, too. Yeah. All right. And yeah, and you didn't say un chico, which is which is right? good too. All right, good stuff. So, how the heck did you get into this? Um, high performance and speaking. High performance and speaking, specifically with schools. Like what? Really, uh, the the genesis of it all is, of course, you know, childhood trauma and believing that I was never good enough or there was something wrong with me, and so I had to perform and achieve for attention and recognition and love. And, uh, that put me on that path and that pattern in life of performing and, you know, seeking attention and all that kind of stuff. And then, um, really what got me into it though, a few years ago was that like, I, I crashed and burned and lost everything, which we can go into more detail if you want. All right. Welcome in to vision pros live with Jackson Callum. I'm your show host. We will be doing interviews for visionary entrepreneurs and guest leaders who are building fantastic visions out there. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome into Vision Pros Live. Today's a special, special day, mainly because I've got James Pyle here. And we're going to be talking about the kids and the future of education and schools and really the now of education, what we need to be doing to help. But I'm also super jazzed today because it's my birthday. Um, so I got to be excited about that. And without further ado, I'm going to dive into some of these sponsors, though. Um, Cold Click right here. Cold Click is what we use for our LinkedIn automation. Art Hoffman, fantastic leader, great at teaching how to go about getting those systems in place um, and making sure that you maximize your opportunity with your market. Um, I love it because it helps make sure they make sure that we don't break any of the rules um, that the algorithms need us to follow in order to make sure we maximize the amount of great people that we're touching base with. And that's really what it's all about. It's about capturing enough of an audience to find the people who are in a great position to start a relationship with you in the here and now. Not everybody is, and that's okay. Um, we will cultivate those relationships over time, but the more people we can connect with, usually the more amount of good we can do by joining forces with said people. So that also leads to Tap Mental. I can't point on my screen for that one right now, um, but tapmental.io is run by Dave Goodall. He actually met us on the podcast and decided to become a client, and I've been super impressed with him. He bridges the gap between psychology with systems for business owners, and he does it super, super well. I've been impressed with his case studies. I've been impressed with uh, what he's been able to do for me in the same regard, um, as well as, um, you know, as you just get to know his stories of, of how deep his background runs for expertise. If you're looking for a business consultant, somebody to help you within like a 90-day period and and uh, do so in a systematic fashion. He's got his six phases to help entrepreneurs unlock, again, the psychological barriers that often get in the way of driving results and creating reliable teams. Um, so I highly recommend checking out what Dave's up to. And that's also going to lead into a great conversation with James Pyle. And I, I, I get so excited to talk about the kids that I also don't want to forget about the Water Project and the kids that... Not only are they pulled away from their education, um, they're pulled away from their education often because they have to go find clean drinking water um, for their family. And in most cases, it's not sanitary drinking water. They just have to go get something to survive. So, you know, imagine your children having to do that, having to go uh, three, four miles to find water, bring it back for the community rather than receiving their daily education that nurtures them. And, and allows them to create an even better life for themselves. Well, the Water Project allows you to pick communities and then donate whether you have a dollar or you have $100,000 to give away 
to help with it. You empower people with a basic resource that is needed for them to survive and then hopefully be able to thrive on top of that. It is such an empowering feeling to be able to get the email that says you've made this project happen for this community um, and, and to know that you've contributed to it and get to see the results of that community go from, you know, the the uh, what you could imagine would be despair and desperation um, of not having access to water like that on a daily basis to then having it um, almost freely available. Um, it's it's a really cool feeling um, to have been involved in that. So make sure to get involved, whether it's the water project or uh, helping out with any other any other form of volunteerism that you, that you can. Go ahead and drop the link in the comments as well. If you have something that you would rather see us focus on or contribute to, there's a lot of great causes in the world. I'm all about driving awareness for those. And so without further ado, I'm going to bring on James Pyle. He's on a mission to equip, empower, and encourage 10,000 top school speakers. That could be you. That could be me. Um, and over the next three years, he's going to be training us how to inspire and encourage youth and educators to know their true identity, leverage adversity for acceleration, and be the person that they are created to be. And, you know, there's a lot of people who talk about how difficult things can be right now. But I like that James is focused on making sure that we make time to talk about the opportunities at hand. We're taking education by storm. Um, I'm using his words now um, and committed to informing the next generation and those who influence them most on the realities of life and how to best navigate their journey. We're, and, and he's just received a two point two million dollar rather just launched a two point two million dollar scholarship campaign this fall to help aspiring speakers get everything that they need to succeed speaking in schools. So without further ado, James, thank you for joining me on Vision Pros Live, my friend. And I can't wait to unpack this vision of yours. Oh, howdy, everybody. Man, thanks for having me. Happy birthday. Everybody give a big round of applause, <laughs> celebrate. Woohoo! Another lap around the sun and to many, many, many more for this wonderful <sighs> man, Jackson. So bless you, brother. Oh, thank you, James, man. I appreciate that. So as we dive in, um, I got we got to find out for these listeners. So other than what I explained myself, what should what should they be expecting on the show and and why should people be listening to you about this subject? Well, uh, nobody should listen to me about anything. In fact, don't listen at <laughs> all. No, just kidding. Um, the reason why is because so many people in this world, in fact, really, I believe everybody, we're all attacked in our identity. And so much of the world is lacking self-awareness, which we call step zero. And so why people should listen to this episode is, is that if you're sick and tired of living a mediocre life, if you're sick and tired of average, if, if you've got a bone in your body that's like upset about the way things are happening in the world and you find yourself thinking about it or talking about it, this episode in particular is very important because we're going to be talking about a lot of very, very rich ideas, wisdom, content, and frameworks for people to be able to take action. You know, for, for myself, yeah. um, I'm a person who's compelled to act. And so because of that, I'm tired of people talking about how messed up things are. And that's why we're on the path we're on, because we're committed to actually doing something about it or at least going at it with everything in us till the day we die. I love it. And so when you talk about getting these leaders on stage, um, you know, who do you consider a leader um, and what types of people um, are able to go to these speaking engagements and participate? Yeah. So uh, that's the coolest thing about this is, is that you never know where people are going to come from uh, and, and what's really going to qualify them other than usually it just is one of those facts of life. Usually it's a, it's a tragic experience. And, and in fact, it's usually 
you know, significant tragedy, suffering, pain, hardship, all these types of things that most people run from. That's, that's actually the place where we find that seed has been planted in a person's life for them to actually be able to do like it talked about at the top of the webpage there. And that is to shine brighter. And, you know, it, it's just an amazing, amazing opportunity that we all have here to be able to be alive right now in this time. And I think most people, at least, you know, that I'm aware of think that things are kind of jacked up. And guess what? That's why we are here right now is we're the ones that have been sent here to be alive and to fix this stuff. So rather than just complaining mm -hmm. about it, being upset about it, we're committed to actually taking the action to help rebuild this country and train people to take responsibility for their lives. You I know, love so that, man. Back you... into your, your, your question there. Sorry about that. What qualifies yeah. somebody and, and how we identify people who would be great for speaking is literally you've had a calling on your heart your whole life. It's not something that you stumbled into today or you heard about in this podcast. You're like, oh, wow, speaking in school sounds interesting. No, you've had a fire in your soul your entire life and you know it's part of your purpose and your calling. And you actually know that it takes getting mentored by people who have the systems of success for you to actually achieve success in something. And so what we look for, especially in people that we deal with, is, is people with a servant heart, people that are actually about the purpose of helping inspire and encourage youth and educators and parents, and knowing that like the income and pay is part of that, but that they're not out for the money. So that's really yeah. what identifies people in our programs. I love that. And I love that you led with trauma as well as a, as a reality. Um, you know, most great motivational speakers speak from the depths of the traumas that they had to overcome. Um, and so if you are in that position, it's like if you've gone through trauma and you're still dealing with it and you're not comfortable talking about it, we're not talking about you. We're talking about people who have have, have, have a desire to share how to overcome that trauma with others. And so you, you know who, who you are if you're in that boat. So, James, what's your vision for those that you serve in 30 seconds? Yeah, my vision is to elevate self-awareness so that people can know who they truly are. Because when we know who we are, we know why we're here and what to do. And I'm very, very driven to empower others with that knowledge of self-awareness so they can actually fulfill their potential. And when we get to the end of our lives and we meet the creator, we could actually see that, hey, we ticked all those boxes we were supposed to tick in our life. And then heaven is really heaven. <laughs> so, yes. Okay. Awesome. I love that. And so let's dive into your vision. Um, what does your personal vision look like? Yeah. So my personal vision is to continue to be a role model for others and finding the cure to their pain and giving it away to the world. Instead of looking for role models, we must become the role model and build the person we admire most so that we can be that role model for us and for others. Yeah. Well said. Okay. So uh, it sounds a lot like becoming your best self, um, you know, is, is a big part of that process. And I, I like that you call self-awareness step zero. That's interesting. Where did that come from? Uh, that came from losing everything in my life, actually, due to drug and alcohol addiction, um, living like a complete goofball and pursuing, you know, every carnal pursuit there is pretty much. Uh, and then I realized like, you know, so many people are so excited to do like, you know, personal growth, self-development or a program for anything. And I realized after losing everything six years ago that until we have self-awareness, we can't even begin any program. So we called it step zero. <clears throat> it's actually a friend of mine and I came up with it because it's the step you have to have in place as the foundation before any step of any program will actually work. 
So it's that foundational building block that most people skip over and never talk about, but without it, nothing else can exist. And the way I always share with people is, 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 you know, it's like GPS, right? You got to put in an endpoint and then it Mm. gives you your directions based on where you are. If you don't put in where you're at and you don't put in where you're going, you're certainly not going to end up where you want to be. Dude, you nailed it. That's really interesting. I hadn't thought about it that way, but um, calibrating that beginning point, um, you know, is is critical because your path would be totally, you know, if, even if you were off by a total of 20 yards, um, right now you're trying to travel through buildings, for instance, instead of right. on the proper street and it's it becomes impossible or damaging. Um, you know, if you were to be to be able to do that physically, imagine the damage, distress, chaos, um, the the laws that you'd break. Well, the, there's no difference in terms of how we navigate our personal lives as well. We've got to be able to self calibrate. I love that. I've never heard that. I'm borrowing that from here on out. And Take I will it, run with it. There, yeah, there's nothing new under the sun, as you know. So anything yeah, that's, that's right. come through me is I got from somewhere somehow. <laughs> you got it, man. Well, you talked about some of the uh, some of the traumas, some of the struggles that you had. Um, let's talk about your worst business experience ever. Uh, have totally. you crossed that? Um, you crossed yep. one of those that qualifies as that. What yeah, totally. So um, six years ago, I was in a pattern in my life where I was heavily addicted to prescription pills. And because of that, uh, I was behaving in ways that I was not proud of myself in, and that fueled the addictions. I literally could not even stand looking at myself in the mirror. And so I was using it as an escape mechanism. And uh, I had a company we were building at the time we were doing real estate investing. We had flipped, I think about 87 houses in 18 months, and we were literally on track to surpass 10 mil our second year. and. I lost everything. I literally pretty much gave my company away. Like I went along with this plan of the people around me who were maneuvering on me and I gave my business away pretty much. And I almost actually ended my life. Like the day that it all came crashing down. Um, I just, I literally, I was like, you know, not to go too much into that or to trigger others, but I know a lot of people deal with this stuff, especially nowadays. And what happened was I was, I was literally standing in my bathroom mirror with my 45 automatic, like loaded, ready to go. And just the thought kept hitting me of like, man, I just messed up everything in my life. How do I not mess up at this? Right. And, um, I couldn't do it though. I couldn't do it because in that moment, my conscience has been one of the strongest things in me my entire life. And in that moment, I just, my, my higher conscience was like, dude, how could you end you? Really, it was just because I was so embarrassed. I thought that was the only way out. But he was like, dude, you don't even know you. How could you ever like you or love you because you've never known you? And so that's that genesis of that step zero self-awareness of Mm -hmm. coming into understanding of actually our self-awareness, which then will lead to self-like, which then can build self-love. What led you to have that thought or where did that thought come from that you didn't know you? How did you realize that? I mean, it was literally just like, I, I pretty much had like the craziest, like clarity, self-awareness revelation, if you will, like in the moment of, I, I couldn't, I couldn't go forward with, you know, ending myself. Cause I just knew that wasn't right. And like literally the next day, I think I woke up and as sad and jacked up as I was, I realized that 
I had been ripping people off and scamming people my whole life. I called it sales and business and making money, but I had pulled schemes my whole life. And now all the schemes I had pulled had been pressed down and served back to me in one serving. And man, I did not like the taste of that medicine. And, um, I was so flooded with feelings of like, not only did I never want to feel like this ever again, I realized that, man, I never want to be the source of causing other people to feel like this ever again. And so that was mm -hmm. when basically the, the, you know, the Lord called me to my purpose of helping others in self-awareness. And also I was like a sales dog my whole life and built several sales based organizations early in my career. And he was like, you have to sell without telling a single falsehood or a single lie. And I was like, wow, dude, that's tough. Like, you know, not even like, Hey, there's three left when there's seven or whatever, you know what I mean? And, yeah. um, that's really just, it put me in this pattern, this process where when I lost everything, I went back to step zero self-awareness and I actually identified with, um, Christian faith, my Christian faith and the Bible as my source of truth. And so what I did was I, I, I did something kind of weird to most people, but interesting to some, I pulled my whole life under review and I looked at everything I did and why I did it and where that programming came from. And I started, I, I, I made the Bible, the one universal truth in my life that I used as a measuring stick for everything. So like, for mm -hmm. instance, like I still, I, I changed my watch to a 24 hour clock cause I had had a 12 hour clock my whole life. And I was like, where did I learn this? You know, like whatever I did a one way when I was younger, I did the opposite way. Mm -hmm. And I began really having this awareness of where my programming was coming from. I stopped listening to all music, all TV, all streaming, all videos. I took like a 30 day, basically sabbatical and pulled myself out of, you know, social environments, everything. And I really got, you know, curious on myself and, and discovering who I am and why I'm here. And wow. yeah, I mean, quite frankly, I just, I, I knew since I was a kid, I had a massive calling and a massive mantle on my life. And it's kind of funny because like when I was younger and, and having gone through what I did as a kid. I always would like, I always had this thought in my head of like, I would see the stories of people who were like, you know, Suzanne Summers who had wet the bed until she was like a teenager because she had trauma or people like this. And I was like, I know I'm going to be a big influence in this world because like I have the makings of like that, you know, really <laughs> jacked up beginning to then start. You know what I mean? So right. I was like, I got this in spades. I didn't come with the silver platter and the perfect family and childhood. I got all the pedigree to, you know, right. build myself into something. You learn the stats. You know, you learn, you're told, you know, for the sake of like helping your own future family, you're taught things like, oh man, uh, if this happens or you, you know, if your kids are a product of X, Y, or Z, their chances of success are like zero. And you're like, that's me you're talking about. And so you, you just, you have to realize like, whoa, I, I've got to make my own stats, my own odds. You know, I got to make my own luck. Um, and walk to the sound of the beat of my own drum. Things like that become your mantras. So I appreciate you sharing that. I'll, I'll boldly follow suit, um, you know, in a, in a just trying to self be self-aware myself on this. Um, I think I, I struggled with the idea of basic lying. Um, you know, I, I didn't have to face that reality as strongly as you did, but that meant I, you know, with, with my circumstances in life, I was a manipulator. And so I would manipulate the truth, um, you know, leaving certain things out, um, you know, making sure that the story hit a certain way, um, you know, and, and there's a, there's a, there's a resourcefulness to that for good. 
as well, knowing how to story tell. But you can also leverage that same power for extreme. Um, and, you know, whether whether it's a blatant lie or it's an omission or a misdirect, if you're if you're doing so, you know, without the intent of doing good, I don't want to say for the intent to do harm. Even it's often just times, you know, neglecting the good that should be done, then that's wrong. Right. That that's something that's not going to help your soul. It's not going to help you find any success. Um, it's going to lead you down a path that, that leads you into a pit of darkness and despair. So I appreciate you sharing that openly because I think a lot of human beings in life, you know, need to be aware that there are leaders out there who understand where they're coming from um, and that, you know, we're not we're not all perfect. Maybe there's some perfect people out there, but I, I'm not one of them. Um, so it's, it's helpful to know that I've got leaders. There was who, one and they killed him. So, you know, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, well said. Absolutely. And speaking, speaking of the greatest sacrifice of mankind and, and our, uh, our world, um, you know, that, that led to salvation itself. What's your best experience in business? Let's springboard. Oh man. Yeah. Whew. Honestly, it's what we're up to now. It's, um, it's the experience of being able to serve and steward others in the highest capacity through helping them thrive in their purpose and experience and the realization of their dreams. You know, a lot of, a lot of people who have a dream of speaking, it's something that's very massive in their heart and their spirit for their whole life. And I was very fortunate early on or, you know, whatever, not fortunate. I don't know how everyone look at it, but I worked really hard. And so I had a lot of early success in my life because of the, you know, some of the, the damage and stuff that had occurred and, um, being able to see others and see them win and being able to be the man like behind the, the curtain, if you will. Whereas earlier in my life, I was always in the limelight. I was always, you know, still in the show. I was out there gregarious, loud, um, just very, very boisterous. Um, mm -hmm. but to see other people experience that. And it's so cool because like when I speak, that's awesome. When somebody else gets to have the feelings of their dreams coming true and all that energy and excitement, not only do they feel that I get to feel it too. So more people win like that. And like, we just actually did an event a couple weeks ago down in San Antonio with, with, uh, yeah. one of our current coaching communities. Oh, really? Yeah, wow, that's crazy. So we were at the Lila B. Cockrell Theater, actually. Sweet. So these these students in our current one of our current communities for their very first school speech ever spoke at this massive three story um, theater. Now, there was only a thousand youngsters in the front bottom row, but to have that stage to go on. And, and the, the reason I'm sharing this is, is one of the gentlemen who's who's in that community. Uh, he's not a he's not an English first language guy. He's from Honduras. He speaks Spanish. And after the talk, he was all worried about like if he was going to be able to make sense or connect with the youngsters. He was literally autographing bananas and uh, like <laughs> pairs of sneakers. Like the kids like took their shoes off and were like, "Here, sign our shoes." And like, and I got a video of him in the uh, the Uber limo when we were headed back to the hotel oh, afterwards, where he's just like ecstatic. And so it's like that's where I get my fulfillment and my best experiences. I'm very fortunate. I actually get to have the best experience of my life every single day when I conquer myself with my daily non-negotiable programming routine. You know, it's something that I get to experience the biggest win of my entire life every single day when I never miss. So 
Um, yeah, that, those are my best experiences. In Daily non-negotiable routine. Say that it programming. programming. Yeah. Yeah. Programming, programming. routine, which mm -hmm. takes the, uh, daily morning routine to a whole new level. Um, mm -hmm. so that's fun. Uh, we're yeah. going to be talking about that in just a minute. So, uh, one, one question, I'm gonna put you on the spot for this. Um, so, cause I, I should have asked this up front, but, uh, since you're 18, how many schools have you spoken in yourself? I really don't know. I could tell you it's definitely hundreds of stages. There was really? a, there was a season in my life where I was actually, um, I was actually speaking like four or five days a week at college universities in various capacities um, in everything from like a small classroom of like 15, 20 kids to like the massive auditoriums with, you know, 1500, 2000 students in them. So, so question, um, is that like, was yeah. that like a recruiting thing for sales or was that more of a motivational speech? Like what are the, what's the context on these? Yeah. So, so for that, it was, it was actually a kind of a combination of that. It was for a nonprofit that offered these like volunteer travel opportunities for students. And so basically like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we would be making announcements in the classes. It was actually kind of crazy the way they had this guerrilla marketing set up. And then Thursday, all day long, every hour on the hour, we'd be doing like an hour long scripted presentation. So, um, you know, in terms of like high schools and middle schools, like I would say at this point, several dozen, you know, but um, colleges definitely in the hundreds and then stages of various capacities and stuff. You know, I mean, I think a lot of people have like stage is like, you know, big, huge production and set up. I mean, this is a stage, right? A, yeah, a podcast a stage, is a stage. There's stage every day in line at Starbucks is a stage. And how, you, you mentioned something earlier and I, that poked out at me and is like, how we do anything is how we do everything. You know, so mm -hmm. many people, so many of us in life, right. we're so dual minded. And so we, we try to say we want to be one way, but we behave in a totally opposite way. Right. And when we're committed to something, we'll find a way to serve everywhere we go. Hmm. Interesting. That is, and I want to dive into this daily non-negotiable programming routine a little bit. So do you mind sharing about that? Is that relevant sure. to the audience? It sounds oh, pretty totally. relevant to me. Again, yeah, yeah. I, I, most people love, love to learn about this stuff and hear about it. So one of the interesting things of, of my experience in life and like natural, if you will, modus operandi, uh, work styles, all that stuff is I always thought I had a consistency issue. Right. And it wasn't until after I crashed and burned and lost everything and went through the process of through my faith, um, you know, recovering from drugs and alcohol and all that kinds of stuff. I realized I never had an addiction problem. I had a self-control and a discipline problem because of lack of my identity. And mm -hmm. so actually this non-negotiable programming routine is something I learned from one of my mentors uh, almost two years ago. And he's a guy who did 10 years in California prison uh, for violent crimes and basically during that time, he woke up at 2.45 a.m. every single day when he was in prison. And basically, without going too off into the rabbit trail of it all, in California, the prisons are segregated by race. That's how they keep the populations separate. And so basically, um, this programming routine came from in, in the prison, you're given respect and credibility based on your consistency of never missing. So where I was going with this is, is I thought in my life I had a consistency issue. I didn't have a consistency issue. I was consistently being an idiot and a loser. There was no consistency issue there. It was an awareness and a focus issue, right? And so what this daily non-negotiable programming routine is, is that just imagine, you know, for you, for me, for the listeners, just imagine what your life would be like if you never took another back step ever again. 
especially for men, right? So many people spend three, four, five days a week trying to make progress and then two days a week throwing it all away. And our words are the most powerful possession or thing that humans possess is the power of our word. And so when we begin keeping our word to self, how we do anything is how we do everything. We keep our word to others. However, most people have never kept their word to themselves. And so they've built a life attracting others that don't keep their word to them either. It's also an interesting thing about self-awareness and obliviousness. The opposite of that is that it's usually those people that are like commenting about how they're seeing it in everybody else. Mm -hmm. And what this is, is it's going all in on your commitment to never miss again and to do practices every day that cause you to face elective adversity so that you build a callus in your mind, much like you would on your hands to, to be resilient and disciplined because life is full of adversity and tragic tragedies. And so what this programming is, is that it actually builds the habits and the mindsets to know that I put myself in, let's say uncomfortable, undesirable situations, stuff I hate doing every single day throughout the day. So then when life hands it to me, it doesn't take me out anymore like it did in the past. Um, mm -hmm. So things like, you know, I think today is almost like 650 days in a row of doing what I call cold shower power or some form of ice bath for at least two minutes every single day for the last almost two years now. Um, I do, you know, uh, 111 burpees minimum every day. I do, you know, a really, really early wake up time, basically engineering these things in my life that are really difficult on purpose. So I'm ready for them. And like, even for instance, like I really didn't sleep much two nights ago and I might've got two or three hours of sleep last night. I don't know. And I was like, good. I'm stoked for this podcast today because I want to empty myself out and have nothing to give and then be able to show up and shine even brighter. Cause the only way that we can actually make gains and strength and progress in life is by, by going beyond the limit. That's how we find out where the limit is. Um, and so that daily non-negotiable programming is, it's just committing to going all in on yourself. And the way that I encourage people to get started is, is follow the atomic habits, two minute rule, pick something like what I did where it started with me was, is that it started with the two minute cold shower every day. Um, for those of you that aren't familiar, there's a book called atomic habits and, and the author talks about in the book, a two minute rule. And what it talks about is, is that when you want to build a new habit, you basically put it on your calendar that you're going to do it for two minutes a day for like, let's say 90 days. And so let's say you want to learn to play piano. So rather than saying like, you're going to do like three hours a week and it's this big, huge mental obstacle that you never start on. You just have the target of two minutes a day. Now, when you get to two minutes, you could do more than that, but your goal is, is just two minutes. So you build that positive psychology and that positive neurofeedback loop where you're actually doing what you say you're doing and you know, you're working on your goal. And, you know, you accomplish your goal because it's only two minutes. So I always suggest that people find something that you can do to begin like that. Um, I have a little method I use. I tell people, you know, do a two minute cold shower, do three rounds of Wim Hof breathing, and then do like a gratitude journal. Right. And, and here's what's interesting too. A lot of people, they're like, you know, I'm grateful for the sunshine and my family. And, you know, that's all good. The real gratitude though, is it, it's in our results. The way that we actually express the highest form of gratitude to the creator and everyone else is in our results. It's not even in our actions, right? Because if you're somebody who takes the actions and doesn't get the results, you're sending a terrible message to people around you that if they put in the effort, they won't be successful. So say that last part again, James, 
Yeah, what did I even say? You said that the real <laughs> gratitude is in our results. And then you right. said we're sending a negative message when what happens? Yeah, so if you're the kind of person, like, let's say we've all seen these people, like, you know, you somebody's been going to the gym for years. They go to the gym for years. They half-ass their workout. They're eating donuts on the way there. They're having a Starbucks 8,000-calorie sugar syrup during the workout and after, and they're not actually getting fitter. It sends, it, it causes cognitive dissonance in other people's lives. And what cognitive dissonance is, is it's the opposite of conscious congruence. When you hear something and you see it and you're like, whoa, this doesn't match up, right? I know for myself, my whole life, I've just had this thing in me that like, if I see somebody talking about something and I can instantly tell that you don't do that thing, especially at the level you're talking about it, I can't even hear what you're saying. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's, uh, you know, the, the guy that's the mentor with the non-negotiable stuff. He says that too. He's like, why are you even talking? He's like, let me ask you something, buddy. If I do what you say, am I going to end up like you? Cause I don't want to be anything like you. <laughs> right. So many people want to share advice in this kinds of stuff. That, and so that's why the, 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 the greatest expression of gratitude is in results because we lead by example, right? Like, Again, you know, you're you we're we're from a similar era and stuff like Love Michael that. Jordan, he's got the seven rings, you know. Phil Jackson, he's got all the rings, however many it is, six, seven, ten, twenty. I don't even know any anymore. But it's basically when they they show that result, you don't need to do any talking. Results speak yeah. for themselves. Yep, they they do. And uh, you know what it's interesting. There's there's so many great things to unpack in all that you just shared. Um, but I'm going to do my best to go back through some of them, um, cool. because I, I took some notes. I was like, and I don't always take notes with guests. Some guests, man, they, they hit it. And I'm like, sweet. I want to write that down for me for later. Um, somebody's listening cool. as well. I hope you're doing the same thing. I hope you're taking the opportunity to figure out how does this align with your vision? Um, you know, where does this fall, um, in relation to the, your own tools in terms of driving self-awareness. Um, so if, if there's something I could comment in real quickly in there too, yeah, Jackson. So part of the journey of self-awareness was this process of Holy spirit convicted me with this, this riddle. How do you explain to people the game they're losing? They don't even know they're playing. You're like, what, what does that mean? How do you explain to people the game they're losing that they don't even know they're playing? Yeah. See, one of the, one of the interesting things about self-awareness is, is that, if I tell you an observation about you, that's, let's say negative, even though nothing is positive or negative, just meaning that's attached to it. But, but let's say it's interpreted as negative feedback. You're instantly defensive, right? I could be your best friend. No. We could be brothers. I could have known you for 30 years but, and I will be like, bro. And it's defensive, right? With a lot now, of people. Go ahead. So here's what's interesting. I'm going to challenge that for our audience okay. because we are talking about visionary vision pros. Um, people who appreciate, know how to put context around such advice. Um, and so there's different types of people. And yes, in general, uh, yes, people will get defensive, um, in, in that reality. However, what I've seen with most visionary entrepreneurs, the ones who are truly visionary, the ones who have gotten to that level of self-awareness where they say, wow, this is an awesome opportunity for me to learn. And it doesn't matter if the person who's teaching is somebody who lives under a bridge or is somebody like yourself, uh, that's a that's a coach of many years, but their their ability to listen, process, assess, decide what to do with it is very dependent on where the recipient, uh, where they are as a recipient of information, what their filter process looks like. But in in general, I agree with you. However, I just want to make sure the audience understands that you know 
if if you're at that stage, um, what James is saying is, you know, is um, is relevant for those that you're often trying to influence. Um, you know, you come at some, you you give somebody some critical feedback that's not ready for it. We're not conditioned with with healthy coaching. They're likely to get upset at you about it, even though you might be more receptive to such feedback. Is that fair to say, James? Totally. And that's you're talking about there. So uh, per- perception is a confession of internal character, right? right? And so where I was going with that is, is like, let's say like a stranger comes up to you and they're like, hey, you saw him at the coffee shop. Hey, Jackson, that's a really nice shirt you're wearing. You're like, oh yeah, preach it, buddy. Like you got gospel truth. Of you tell me all about it. Now on the right. flip side, you could have somebody who you've known for decades who could tell you something that they actually know about you that could be helpful, but it could cause a defensive response. Right. Mm-hmm. And I agree with everything, everything you're saying in there and where, where I wanted to help uh, shine some light here is, is that the process of self-awareness comes through self-assessment and self-discovery. There's yeah. nothing that anybody else could know more about you than you know about you. Right. Right. And for other people, your listeners who really want to get after the elective adversity, who really are hungry to understand self-awareness and know themselves, water only fasting, a seven day water only fast will be the greatest self-awareness experience of your life. You will learn everything you need to know about yourself and life by removing everything for seven days other than water. I like that. I like that you talked about knowing your identity um, as well as one of those uh, trigger points for um, becoming consistent with being your best self. And I think it's important to also draw awareness of what that identity is. Um, I'll do that from my own angle because I'm worried about people who, who focus on finding their identity through self. Um, and what I mean by that is there's, there's another key power that goes hand in hand with overcoming addictions, overcoming vices and moving yourself forward. And that's understanding that you belong, mm-hmm. right? Having a community. When you belong in your communities, for instance, um, that is a that is a mechanism to help you understand the value that you are and not feel the need to escape the reality of your life. However, what James uncovered in knowing his identity by coming to have a relationship with God, and I'm speaking for him. You can shoot any of this down, my friend. But from what I understand, you're a believer. You know you're a son of God now, which means you belong with God. And how much more powerful can your centeredness get than when you've come to realize that, that you belong with the 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 all-time greatest creator there is, and and he sees you as a son. Um, is, yeah, is that fair probably to say? Like, yeah, that's probably the greatest relief of my entire existence is like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I just have to turn up. I just have to turn up every day and everything else is sorted for me. You know what I mean? Yep. So absolutely, I totally together. get it. Yeah, it was a big one um, in my late twenties um, when I finally accepted that reality and, and came to realize that that was true. Um, it, it liberated me from so much pain, doubt, confusion, inconsistency. Um, it was like, well, that's awesome. Um, there's nobody who can ever take that away from me. I can have my citizenship taken from me. Um, I can have my freedoms taken from me. I can have my relationships taken from me and from my earthly standpoint, but nobody can ever get in the way of my relationship with God. Um, and so there's, there's extreme power in being able to recognize that. Um, you mentioned the real gratitude is in our results. I just loved that. I had to, I had to keep it highlighted and, and talk about it because, um, I, I think that to layer on top of that, 
I, you, you then said later, the greatest expression of gratitude is in our results. And I love that phrase even further because, you know, sometimes we're all children. We're all trying to learn to express gratitude with, with more meaning. So my child, you know, who's learning to say thank you because we teach her to say thank you, um, you know, versus my 12 year old. Um, who has more capacity to actually like express gratitude sincerely, although it takes great effort. Um, you know, it, it's it, she's no different than me learning to do the exact same. And so when you when you put that forward, I was like, wow, this is an amazing invitation to assess when I am saying thank you out loud. Um, and or I'm trying to express gratitude. It's so important for myself as well, not just those externally. Well, like, like you said, with the workouts, you really got me there, man. I'm a skinny fat guy. Um, so, you know, you really hit it. I was like, oh, like I am self-sabotaging my own workout experiences and my own interpretation of the value of working out or health by being grateful for the opportunity to work out, but basically doing nothing with it. Um, I think that's going to help me tremendously. So I just want to thank you for that. Awesome. Um, as And I'll let you know. I'll follow up with the, yeah. the results of the, the matters that you can hear. But let's dive into one more power lesson um, you can you can spread. So feel free uh, to go into any, any direction you want with this. What powerful lesson can other visionaries learn from your experience, James? What else you got? You've already given like 20, but yeah. I mean, honestly, it's, it's, I'm an endless supply because of the energy that flows through me. It's not from me. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, it's really, it was something that, that you had mentioned earlier and I just had it and it tried to jump away. So we're going to see if, if Holy spirit really wants to bring it back right now. Okay. Um, the, the most important thing though, that I could share with people, <clears throat> excuse me, a power lesson is, uh, it was when you had interjected and you were talking about people in their identity and, um, Oh, check it out. So, so mastery, high performance is a game of subtraction. You know, most people and even myself, a lot of my life, I was looking for the next thing to add. What's the morning routine thing or what's the nutrition or what's the supplement, right? And high performance is a game of subtraction. Mastery is a game of subtraction. It's not looking at what am I doing? It's looking at what's left to be done, right? And so, like you had mentioned there, a lot of visionaries, a lot of your, your listeners, people that tune into this show and in, in your audience and others, we're focused on that. So we're aware of the fact that when other people tell us something about ourselves, it's a confession of their internal character, but it's being said to us to notify ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. And so when we know that it's that game of subtraction, um, we're able to actually identify that, that log in our eye before we tell our friend the speck in theirs. That was part of my self-awareness journey as well as learning that I had this call inside me because of my trauma. I always wanted to help people. And so then I found myself like trying to help everybody and like, you know, overhelp them when they didn't want it. And then they never matched up to my expectations. So then it was always divisive. The fact of the matter is I actually just got this awareness literally probably within the last year of Whenever I'm seeing something in somebody else, so so Holy Spirit actually taught me this, and he taught me the, the ego, if you will, way to use the ego in our favor. So when we spot something in somebody else, like if if I said, hey, Jackson, if I knew you, and I was like, hey, your you know time management skills need an upgrade, or you need to be better at communicating or whatever. The fact that I'm noticing it in yourself, in the past, I would be external focused, being like, oh, you need to get better at this or you're jacked up at this. What I've realized now is, is that when I see that in you or something in anybody, I've actually turned that conversation inward and I'm like, okay, James, what is it inside of you? 
that's calling out for help right now that you need mm. to put your energy into removing the log from your own eye in this area. So then you can lead by example in the greatest form of influence and communication for others leading by example with your results. Right. So rather than being focused in a, a great example for visionaries is like, if people in your company, you feel like they need to work harder or they need to get better at communicating or what have you, rather than me going to my business partners or my employees or contracts and being like, you know, you guys suck at communicating, you know, can we get better at this? What I do is, is I literally, I just start going around the office and I'm like, Hey guys, I'm on this new mission. Like I'm really getting better at communicating and I want to improve my yeah. communication skills. So please help me like with my awareness. And like, if you see me having an opportunity to get better at communicating, please bring that to my attention so I can grow and get better at it. Well, then what happens? Then what happens is yeah. I'm talking about it so much. I've penetrated other people's internal dialogue and they're like, man, James is really on this communication improvement thing. I, I kind of think I could probably get better at communicating too. Right. And that's yeah. that inception model where then now it's a pull motivation because they thought of it. It's their idea versus being told, Hey, you're terrible or you suck at this or you need to be better. So X, Y, Z. Right. So, that's really yeah. powerful. That's really powerful because, um, one of the things that is, is so common in the world is, is people are telling others what to do. Um, there's no invitation. There's a pressure and, and you know, again, Christ being the, the greatest teacher of all time, uh, only led with invitations ever. Um, and he was inviting people to do what he himself was doing and did. Um, so the ability to, to move past commanding people or pressuring people to do things and move into inviting, but also making sure that you gut check your invitation versus your own personal willingness to make improvements that adds yet a more pure foundation for set invitations. So I appreciate that, man. I want to, I want to give you a little bit of time to talk about this. We're, we're a little bit over, but it's worth it. Um, it, the $2.2 million scholarship campaign. What cool. is that? How does that work? Yeah. So I'll just briefly mention that. And if people want to get more information, obviously they can hit the website and get all those details. Um, really quick though, just on that last point you were making, uh, a true master, a, a true guide, a, a high level coach, they're not going to tell you. And this is what I was hearing you saying about Jesus. They don't tell you what to think. Mm -hmm. They show you where to look. Right. And so that's that awareness of when we're really working with a master of something or a high level guide or coach, they're not going to tell you what to think. And that's like Jesus. He didn't tell you what to think. He just shared where you could look for it all. If um, you were ready. Yep. Right. Right. <laughs> and even if you're not right, it'll still show you. But yeah, so the scholarship campaign, basically what it is, is we realize there's a big need for youth and educators and parents to get a unified voice, unified uh, conversation and language amongst themselves. And so what we did is we actually launched this campaign where um, typically our programs are, um, they're not cheap. And the reason is it's a professional certification. You know, it's the kind of thing where you're going to get way more value than you would from like a traditional education, but it's kind of more like a trade school in the sense of like, yeah, there's a certain cost to it monetarily and time-wise, but when you learn these skill sets, it's going to pay you massively for the rest of your life. But so what we realized is, is that, you know, people are struggling, they have the big dream on their heart, but they're not able to actually enact on it. So we actually started a scholarship program to be able to, for people who qualify, sponsor them to come into the program at a reduced um, tuition. And what happens is, is for every student that enrolls in the program, we actually have pledged a matching $25,000 scholarship to an educator or a young person, a youth, 
to be able to come into the community as well. And our goal here is, is that we're building, to our knowledge, the world's first and only community of speakers, motivational speakers, paired with educators, paired with the actual youth, the students in the schools, so we can actually create programs and experiences that are going to be lasting and be helpful. And it's stuff that people are interested in doing because it was people from every, if you will, sector um, or influence realm going in on it. So it's just basically our call to be able to serve the marketplace, serve the youth of this country, serve the parents that are looking up to them. And just one final thought, if I could share here, you know, um, you were yeah. talking about your kids earlier and you're well aware of this. Children oftentimes do not do what they're told, but what they do do is they emulate the behavior that they see. Right. And I think a lot of times I see parents who are so interested in trying to tell their children how to be, whereas like you're aware of, and a lot of, you know, more where people are know this, that the best thing we can do is just show people, show them that, Hey, we make mistakes. We mess up too. And when we do, these are the consequences that we have to pay when we do that. So I just want to encourage people to, if you've got an inkling in you that, that you could be better about something, listen to your conscience. It will never lie to you. It is always speaking truth to you. Listen to your conscience. It is calling you up in your identity, not out on your behavior. And that's how we define accountability. I like that a lot. Up in your identity, not out on your behavior. Um, beautifully said, James. So yeah. Vision Pros, we appreciate having you, uh, having you. you with us and listening in today. James, thanks for being our guest. And if you want to follow or get in touch with James, I'm sure any of the, the mainstream social media platforms are great. You can also drop any questions, comments in the comments, and, and we'll be happy to uh, forward them to James, make sure he's aware of it. And we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Everybody have a fantastic rest of your day. You know I will. And we'll see you on the next one. Bye. Uh, Thank you for being here today. I'm really happy that you tuned in to Vision Pros Live. I'm looking forward to seeing your reactions as these episodes continue to move forward. This is going to get more and more fun. We'll have more and more engagement as well. We'll invite people to participate in the show. And thank you for giving us your time and attention.